let's talk about books. Hello. Hi there. This is our first episode of Book Talk. It is. You probably already got that from the episode title, though. Books, talking about them. Yeah, that's what we do here. (laughs) So let's talk about some books. What are you reading right now? So I'm reading Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. Oh, yes, I want to read that so bad. I remember when it came out, I was like, oh, it's going to be like a Neil gaiman kind of story, right? Because he's got his like, oh, yeah, very he's got his specific style. Yeah. style. And I was like, I'll read that eventually. And then I realized it's not, it's not really like a traditional Neil Gaiman story at all. This is really Norse mythology. Like yeah. he did the research, he put it together. He gave it sort of a unifying voice, I would say, or like a unifying style. There's consistency okay, so to it. still in the Neil Gaiman style. No, it doesn't feel like Neil gaiman It just has a consistent voice, I would oh, say. Oh, so it's, so it's really different from the other books he's read? I mean, obviously. Obviously, I yeah, know it's not. It, it's quite, I almost said it wasn't fiction. That's not really right either, because it's mythology. But you know what I mean. But it's not non. Like it's not. It's not really fiction, though. Like I. I think of mythology as something that's in between. Okay, fair enough. Like. Like religious texts, like almost. this, right? It sort of these compilations of mythology when they're heavily researched. They're, I think they stand apart from fiction. Yeah, and kind of like cultural storytelling. Different. Yeah, it's really interesting. So it's basically just lots and lots of little short stories, and he has a foreword that goes into some detail on stuff that's missing and how little we know about Norse mythology, which was fascinating because I didn't know that. And it's also interesting for me because most of what I know about Norse mythology from comes Thor. from the Thorcon. Same. Um, which turns out aren't 100% accurate what? to Norse mythology. Who knew? Although a little... Some of it like, is, though. Also like, kind I of think, surprisingly Isn't the Rainbow accurate. Bridge really a thing? And, like, a yeah, lot of the names yeah, for, really like, the different realms and some of the gods and stuff. Yeah, those are... Yeah, a lot of that's right. But there are also changes. So it's, it's interesting. Um, the characterizations are different, and it's fun. I'm enjoying reading yeah. it. Well, I know Definitely Loki, like, I know, is more of a trickster, traditionally, than the villain he's portrayed yeah. in in some of the earlier... I feel like... You oh, haven't I seen Thor say... Ragnarok yet, have you? We're gonna get off on a tangent here. No, I have. <laughs> okay, well, first of all, you need to because I'm we need to talk about it. But yeah. also, I feel like that one finally gets Loki's characterization more right. And also, is just an amazing movie. Like, one of the better ones to come yeah. out of Marvel, for sure. Loki, and I will say, based on the things with Loki I have seen in the movies, um, Loki in the stories is sometimes the villain and sometimes the hero and generally both in a single yeah. story. Yeah, um, I feel like that's more what... And I think that is yeah. a little true to, like, what Marvel is. So there are bits of things where, like, oh, that's sort of true, but also yeah. it's very, very I guess different. I was mostly thinking of the and first Avengers weird. movie um, where he's, like, full-on villain. Yeah, and that, yeah. not so much. Although sometimes he is a full-on villain. He's, he's interesting. But yeah, it's it's an interesting book, definitely different from what I normally read. I tend to basically just stick to sci-fi and fantasy. I see mythology as being sort of separate from other genres entirely, particularly like modern compilations of mythology tend to be very different because they're accessible to modern readers. You don't have to deal with older phrasings yeah. to work through, but they're still, they don't read like modern fiction yeah. either. So it's just... It's interesting. I'm enjoying it. That's great. I Yeah, I really, I'm going to have to read that one. I think it sounds fascinating. And I'm really, I'm very interested yeah, in Yeah, I think you'll like mythology. it. I don't know 
that much about it. Like you said, I some of what I know comes from the Thor movies, and I have read some things just because I'm interested in it, but I really don't know that much, you know, because Greek and Roman mythology is much more in our cultural mythos, I think, in America at least. Part of the reason that's also true is there's, we, ha- yeah. we know a lot more of the Greek and Roman mythology. We know very little Norse mythology, but I, I think this is a fun one, and it also it feels a lot like a collection of short stories. Yeah. Like, there's sort of a continuity to it, but yeah. also it's very easy just to read like one or two, and then this one, yeah, yeah and then you, you can be done. So it's nice. It's a good book for that kind of reading. So let's hear what you've been reading. Oh, Sarah, I'm reading so many things. I mean, you're always reading far too many things. <laughs> That's very accurate. Okay, so. The first thing I'm reading that I have been reading for way too long, this this will tell you how long I've been reading this book. I started reading it as an advanced reader's copy to try and review it before it came out, and um, it came out on March 6th. Rachel. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. It's, it's a really good book, but here's the thing. In, in my defense, it's nonfiction. Let's lay that card out okay. first, and I feel like I'm forgiven for everything. So, like, I we're both kind of nonfiction readers. We like nonfiction, but... I'm often yes. a much slower reader with nonfiction, particularly this kind of nonfiction, because it's very, I suppose I should say the title of the book before I start talking about it. It's called yeah, <laughs> The Woman's Hour by Elaine F. Weiss, and it's about the women's suffrage movement in the United States, and specifically when that movement converged on Nashville, Tennessee, to try and get the 36th state to ratify the amendment. And it's really, really good, but it's so detailed that... And also long. I think, I don't know how many pages this book is because I'm doing it on e-reader, but it's really, really long. And, you know, it's going into details about every single person involved. Like, it's talking about the politicians. It's talking about a number of different groups of these different women's suffrage groups. It's also talking about the anti-suffrage groups, which involve both women and men. And it's really good. And I feel like I'm learning so much because I don't think I even realized how little, how terribly little I knew about the women's suffrage movement before reading this. Just because I feel like we don't learn that much about it in school, which is a shame. Accurate. And accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a great testament to the American schooling system, but here we are. And it's really great. And I feel like it's a really wonderful representation of what was going in a wonderful way to learn about it because I think she's doing a really admirable job of trying to tell the story from a lot of different sides and give it a very comprehensive view, which is one of the reasons it's so detailed and taking so long. But for instance, you know, it's also giving the perspective of the anti-suffrage movement, which involved, again, both women and men, and the reasons they were doing it, many of them racist, because that was a big movement in the South. And it also doesn't gloss over the fact that the women's suffrage movement, even the pro side, that there was still definitely a lot of racism inherent, and that those women and men were pretty willing to, you know, screw over the black men and women of that movement, of the suffrage movement, to get what they wanted, to get the white women the vote. So. It's a really interesting book. I think it's a really great read for anybody who wants to know more about women's suffrage or the history of the United States or feminism as it moves throughout time in the United States. So yeah, it's it's a really great one. I like it a lot. I don't know how many people I'm going to be able to recommend it to just because it is very in-depth nonfiction. But I, I yeah. always love books where I feel like I'm really learning something new and I definitely feel like I'm learning a lot from this book. So that cool. one's great. Next, next book I'm reading. <laughs> there are several. Stay with me. The next book I'm reading is Fresh Ink, and it's an anthology of short stories that was done in collaboration with We Need Diverse Books. I don't know. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. It's like a really awesome group. And 
it's an awesome collection of short stories written by a whole bunch of authors from various diverse backgrounds. People like Melinda Lowe, Amina May Safi, Nicola Yoon, Sarah Farazan, and just a lot of other awesome writers. And I think my favorite story so far has been Meet Cute by Melinda Lowe. It was just very cute and fandom-y. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's just a really fun collection of short stories for anyone looking for more diverse representation, which is always a plus in my mind. And that one comes out in August. So you know, be looking for that later on this year. I'm also on audio listening to Authority by Jeff Vandermeer. I love that. Yeah. You've, you've read the whole trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. I finished the whole Southern Reach trilogy. It's fantastic. Yeah. I'm like slowly working my way through. And this one of course is taking me longer because audio always is a little slower going. But yeah, it's really interesting. This series is just so bizarre for anyone who hasn't read it. It's, sci-fi but just this incredibly deliciously weird sci-fi it's it's kind of hard to explain but it doesn't it's just weird you really have to read it to understand i will say i think i'm prone to throw this word around but i would almost describe it as vaguely lovecraftian sci-fi yeah maybe yeah just there Um, and it never really it's really not concerned about giving you answers yeah that's the best part (laughs) it's kind of crazy but i think i and i figured this out in the first book so i'm still fine with it but i see a lot of people complain about this but yeah you don't ever really get answers so you just kind of have to accept it and just go along for the ride of sort of being in the shoes of these people who are trying to sort of solve and or deal with this mystery but yeah it's really great it's really weird i think i've seen this style of sci-fi described before as quote-unquote new weird which seems like an appropriate name for it yes i don't know much about that style but it seems like it fits then i'm also just started every hearted doorway by sean mcguire which is really fun that one's sort of fairy tale-esque retellings so i'm i'm reading a bunch of good books i just finished gwenpool volume one that one was really fun lots of breaking of the fourth wall which i'm always a fan of i read recently my so-called bollywood life by nisha sharma so cute so 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 cute it's like Bollywood-esque romantic comedy, very fluffy and feel-good, very adorable. Definitely recommend it. <laughs> well, is that all you've read or, you know, five more books? I mean, I could tell halfway? you about 12 more. How many How many more do you want to hear Please. about? I, I think that's probably enough. I was trying to go faster toward the end there, I can but... tell. You read so many <laughs> I was books. like, okay, I know everybody's tired of hearing all of the books I've been reading. <laughs> all right, well... This episode, of course, is following up on our very first ever episode of the podcast, <laughs> where we talked about woo, where we talked about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer slash Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, so you know we talked about the book and that, but we kind of want to talk more about our experience with Harry Potter in general. Here. Yes, we didn't of really which get into like a lot. our personal experiences in the episode because we had too much to talk about about the book itself. But one thing yeah. we sort of referenced in the episode was that it's kind of hard to get into Harry Potter. It, it's the beginning of Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone is pretty slow. Yeah. And I think we even mentioned the episode gets something that you hear about is like people who couldn't get into Harry Potter. Yeah. People who read the first few chapters and just so can't do it. I was one of those people. And of course, given that we made a whole episode about it you can probably imagine that i'm a pretty big harry potter fan now so i kind of obviously you turned around on yeah i kind of wanted to talk about my experience with harry potter so i got the first harry potter book for christmas when i was eight years old from my mom and she told me you know she'd heard that it was a really good book 
And one thing you should know about me at eight years old is I didn't really like reading. I liked having books read to me pretty well, but I didn't like reading. But I did read for school and stuff. So I had the book and at some point over Christmas vacation, I started reading it. And I believe I got three pages in. <laughs> and I hated so you it. Di- you didn't even try. Like I said, I didn't like reading. If I wasn't into it from the start, I yeah. didn't push through books. Like if I didn't like it right away, I wasn't going to read it because I didn't like reading. So I tried, wasn't interesting, put it down, walked away and didn't look back. So a few months later in school, the Harry Potter buzz is going hard, but not so hard that people have a religious issue with it yet, which is important because another kid in my class, their grandmother came and started reading it to us in our class in in public school. Which is so crazy to me. Which is so crazy. Because by the time I started getting into it, when I was about, because I got into it at about the same age you did, about eight, well, maybe a little before that, because I'm sure you introduced it, but that's when I remember it. And no way could anybody have come and read Harry Potter at school. Yeah. But this is before everyone was talking about it, but like people hadn't freaked out about it yet, basically. So the, there was just like this brief moment where people could read this to kids in a school. I mean, that moment's probably returned now, but like at the time that you couldn't do that. So they started reading it to us. And so I was listening to someone read it and we finally, and this was over months because she would read a chapter or two in class and leave and I would just listen in class and I wouldn't read anymore at home. And finally she got to the chapter right before the Halloween chapter, the one with the troll. And she ended by saying, oh, this next chapter is my favorite. And by this point I was into it. And yeah she said the next chapter is your favorite and I needed to know what it was. So I went home and I read it and I loved it and I kept reading it, which is good that that's the week I got hooked because she never came back. I think that's finally maybe when the, either we got too busy or the controversy caught up and they couldn't do that anymore. Either way, they got me hooked just in time. So I started reading it and that's how I got into Harry Potter. And from there, you know, I read books one through four. I can't remember if four was out yet when I first started reading. I know one, two, and three were. The first book I have a memory of waiting for was book five. Four was book five. But I think maybe like I read one, two, three and just had to wait a couple of months for book four, which in comparison the other books isn't bad but yeah it was you know I didn't like it I thought it was a dumb book who won read like about somebody selling drill parts you know like, I just wasn't into it because that sort of yeah. the first chapter starts with the Dursley's perspective yeah which as we discussed in our episode is not necessarily a way that gets you super engaged quickly yeah especially for little kids I mean even for adults <laughs> so yeah that was sort of my first experience with Harry Potter yeah well and then you got really into it I got and you really kind of brought it, it home and I this is funny because Harry Potter is so so much a part of my childhood and yet I do not remember the first time I read it or it was read to me I imagine it was read to me before I read it myself because our dad was a really both of our parents are really big readers and our dad would read to us every night and with the Harry Potter books in particular it would kind of became a bit of a family tradition for him to read the books aloud to which us which was very annoying so, to me because I did which was, not okay, want to don't pretend you did not don't I enjoyed it but that. I wanted to read them fast like I wanted to read the book and then he could read it so <laughs> I had to take breaks while he would read and then I would to go this, read to this day I remember you smirking at us in book six when Dumbledore is about to announce the new potion master and I knew or the new 
uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher because I knew something was going to happen because you were sitting over in the chair in our living room smirking at us because you knew something big was about to happen and then they announced that it was going to be Snape. (laughs) I still have such a vivid memory of that (laughs) because you had read ahead. But yeah, our dad would read the books aloud to us and it did kind of become a funny thing because it it became a tradition to the point that, I mean, I was like 14 when the last book came out. That is that right? 14 or 15. I I think I was 16 or 17. I don't quite remember. I know I remember. I think I was at summer camp. Yeah, we were both at summer camp. We were at summer camp when it actually came out, so we had to wait. And I remember that being So I must have been 16 because that was, I believe, the last time I went to summer camp was when I was 16. I think it, it may have been for me or maybe I went one more year. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Yeah, and so, you know, we he was still reading them aloud even when we were more than old enough to be reading them ourselves, but it was just a family tradition yeah. at that point because we, well, except for you who read ahead because you have no patience. Yep. The rest of us wanted to like sort of experience it together as a family. And I needed to know what happened. <laughs> and you needed to know. But anyway, so I don't actually have a memory of the very first time I heard Harry Potter. Like I can trace my early earliest memories back to reading them myself in third grade, but I feel quite certain that they had already been read aloud to me at that point. Yeah. So yeah, they're just sort of an integral part of my childhood. Like I don't really remember not knowing about them, you know? Yeah, because yeah, I think pretty soon after I got into them is when dad started reading them. So probably when I was like, yeah. like probably when you were six or seven is when he started Yeah, probably them. so. And I mean, we got, we got very into them. Oh, yes. We were... I mean, we continue to be, but we were big. Our whole family became really big Harry Potter fans. We were going to see all the movies, you know. And well, and back then there wasn't, you know, there's so many things now that you can do with Harry Potter. There are the theme parks and the studio tour and there's, you know, just everything. But back then there was the books. And then I remember later on they had, I still have some of them on our bookshelves, but there were these theory books before new ones would come out where you could get them and it would be like, you know, I mean, it was also, it was mostly probably on the internet too, but it was these series books and we all liked reading them because it would talk yeah. about oh here are all these theories I mean, about I was maybe what's gonna like, happen and all the foreshadowing all the things. Harry Potter forums looking over other people's oh, theories yeah. like, MuggleNet oh yeah oh, I was man. all about MuggleNet I spent so much time on MuggleNet yeah MuggleNet was my jam in middle school I think I went like, on MuggleNet all the Harry Potter day. fan fiction looking at all the forums yeah. that yeah. was like a daily check site for me in middle school oh for sure yeah for sure. Yeah. So basically, we were big nerds. <laughs> yeah. And nothing has changed since. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's kind of our basic Harry Potter experience, though. And we'll probably talk yeah. more about like our experience with the movies and other our houses and some of the more recent books. Yeah. Theories on houses. Yeah. You know, that sort of whatever, stuff. And whatever. Other book comes talk to us. episodes as we go through the Harry Potter series, since it's kind of on For our sure. minds. There's really there's so much to talk about. It's almost hard to decide where to go and where to stop. Yeah, because we could talk about Harry Potter for far too long. Accurate. But we're going to resist the urge to make this a (laughs) five-hour podcast. (laughs) At least for today. Today we will resist that urge. Hopefully we will next time too. Yeah, so thanks to Sahara Sky for the use of our theme song, Never Long Time Goes By, from the album Escapism. And thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us by tweeting at unassignedpod over on Twitter or emailing us at unassignedreadingpod at gmail.com. We love to hear your thoughts and questions. And if you're enjoying the show so far, please go leave us a positive review on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. 
our next episode is about the Chamber of Secrets, and it is already out. So go listen to that right now if you want to hear us talk about J.K. Rowling, Queen of Foreshadowing, and how the movie screwed up the trio's characterizations. And we'll be back next month with another episode of Book Talk and a discussion of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Now go read some books. <laughs>